You ready to go? Can I just ask, how much blood do you take exactly? <laughs> Nearly 500 mils. As in half a litre? <laughs> and the human body can handle that? Don't worry, you'll be fine. Promise. Okay? Come on. <clears throat> okay, I'll just swab your arm. There we go. Okay. See? Barely a prick. There huh? we go. I'll just hook you up here. Are you all right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we've got a sleeping beauty. Okay. You're good, mate. Just, just breathe. Oh, good night, sweet. Welcome back. Oh, hey. Hey, buddy. I'm just gonna grab that one for you. Uh, what uh, happened? Uh, you threw up on Evan. Oh, mm. sorry. It's all right. I've um, I've had worse. How are you feeling? Uh, just a bit lightheaded. Must be from all the blood loss, I guess. Ah, oh, yeah. No, we didn't actually take any. You didn't? You kind of can't when the donor's out. Oh. Well, we, we better get back to oh, it, oh, I guess. No, no, no. no uh, thanks, mate. But, um, but we can't let you donate today. I'm fine. I appreciate the commitment, but you're really not well enough. It's probably best you just take it easy. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll get you a lollipop, get those blood sugar levels back up. Um dog millionaire strikes again. <laughs> How many of, a, of you have a family member like that? <laughs> I have two or three in my family. <laughs> I won't tell you who they are. <laughs> That's the power of human blood, <laughs> not eternal God's blood. We had a wonderful women's conference. It was, it was powerful, and um, I think the ladies would testify to the presence of God and, and uh, the wonderful speakers that we had. So we're going to jump right in to the power of the blood. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, Leviticus 17, 11. Now, the blood is not life but it carries life. There is one blood that is perfect blood, and that blood is eternal blood, and that's Jesus' blood. When we put the blood of Jesus on something, Satan has to flee because his blood is living blood. The blood, Jesus' blood, is on the mercy seat in heaven. When God raised Jesus from the dead, the Bible says that Jesus carried his blood to heaven. And he took that blood and he went into the Holy of Holies and he sprinkled the blood of Jesus on the mercy seat. How many of you remember uh, the song, I'm running to the mercy seat? The reason we ran to the mercy seat was because the blood of Jesus was on that mercy seat. And his blood... His blood 
It covers our sins. It covers our transgressions. It covers our iniquities. And the Bible says that God cast our sin as far as the east is from the west, which means it's in the sea of forgetfulness, never, never to return again. 1 John 5, 7, and 8. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, which is Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And those three make up the Trinity. You can talk to me. And there are three that bear witness in earth. The Spirit, which is the Father, manifest on earth. The water, which is Jesus, who said, I am living water manifest on earth, and the blood, which is the Holy Spirit, manifest on earth. No man comes to the Father, but the Spirit draws him. So that is heaven and earth and the Trinity in heaven and on earth. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your word because your word is alive and powerful. We thank you for the blood. Lord, without the blood, we have nothing. And so today, as we do this teaching, we ask that you would open our minds and our hearts to the power and the gift and the weapon of the blood that you have handed your children, your body. And Lord, I pray that it will cause us to to rise up and begin to learn how we can use that blood and that we would not be blind to the powerful effects that you have given us as the body. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. So the first point is going to be the womb. And we have the cradle that represents the womb. Blood and water. Luke 2, 6, and 7. And while they were there, the time came for her, Mary, to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. Now, these are well-loved scriptures that we have at Christmas time, but there's a lot said within those scriptures right there. The time came for her to give birth. And every woman that has birthed a child, they know there's a lot in that scripture. Mary gave birth to Jesus just like we do except she was in a stable and we're in a hospital or a birthing room somewhere. In the gestation and birthing process, we know that the baby is surrounded by water, which is amniotic fluid. And how many of us have heard? We've gotten a call from some of our girls. My water broke, I'm on the way to the hospital. So there's water here. The fluid is meant to protect protect the baby from outside pressure, from shock, from infection, and it keeps the baby warm at a perfect temperature. When a woman gives birth, she typically loses about a half a quart or a quart of blood, and it's when the body gets rid of the extra tissue and blood when giving birth. Mary would have gone through this process when she gave birth to Jesus. He was born of blood and water. Water represents several things in Scripture. 
It represents the Word of God. It represents the Holy Spirit. It represents life, and it represents cleansing. Blood in Scripture represents life, redemption, the Holy Spirit, and protection. So when we plead the blood, we began to plead the, uh, the life of Jesus. We plead the, rep, the uh, 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 redemption of Jesus. We plead for the Holy Spirit to come on the scene and to intervene in our behalf for the different needs that we're praying for. Jesus was born of blood and water. I want us to remember, ladies, how, much, how important it is when we're carrying children in the womb or when we have children, we have grandchildren, that we begin to plead the blood of Jesus over them. I have a new baby on the way right now, and we're going to find out what that baby is this afternoon. And I've got five grandsons and five granddaughters. I don't know what this one is. It's a tiebreaker and we're going to find out. But already when I get up in the morning, this morning, I've already pled the blood of Jesus over every member of my family. I've already pled the blood of Jesus over my children, my grandchildren, my unborn baby, my mothers. I've already pled the blood of Jesus over them and pray for their protection and for their uh, safekeeping. That is what we are to do as, as uh, God's children, that we are to take care of the unborn and take care of those who are weak among us to protect our families. We need to pray over them every day and apply the blood of Jesus. And we need to let our family hear us pray. We don't need to just do everything in secret so that they can't hear us when we pray. We need to let them know. The Bible says that we are to teach our children, to teach our family that he is eternal. When we get up in the morning, we're to teach our children. When we go to bed at night, we're to teach our children about the blood and the love of God. When we're walking about our life, we're to teach our children and to teach our family. We're not to be silent about it, but we're to tell them about Jesus and about how wonderful God is and how much he loves us and how powerful the blood is. There's another womb too that we've got to pray over and that we've got to believe for. We've got to pray over the womb of the church, which is where new believers are birthed into the kingdom of God. We have to pray that when they come into this building, that they feel loved. And it doesn't matter how they're dressed. It doesn't matter how they look. It doesn't matter if they look like us. It doesn't matter what's happened outside. But when they come in here, we love them because we're going to pray for them. And we're going to believe that the Holy Spirit is going to draw them to this altar and they're going to experience the love and the blood of Jesus in their life that washes away every sin, that washes away every stain. And we're not going to get in their ears and tell them what they're doing wrong. Now, you've got to change this and you've got to change that. That's not our place. That is the Father's place. That's the Word of God's place. To let the children, the new babies, to be cleaned up by Father, by the Father God. We don't take our babies when we birth them women and start washing them and cleaning them up, but the nurses take our babies and they go off to the side and they begin to clean those babies up and they bring them back to us and they look all nice and smell clean. When a new child, a new birth in the church comes in, that's not our place to clean them up. We let the Word of God clean them up. We let the Holy Spirit clean them up and we let them him change them and we don't speak negative to them, but we speak positive 
positive things and tell them how much God loves them. So right now, I want you to stand up. This is a a message where we're going to interact together, and we're going to begin to pray right now over our children. I want you to call out your children's names and your family's name, and you begin to plead the blood of Jesus. Before we do that, we're going to put on some armor because we're going to go into and pray against the works of darkness that would take up away from our children, that would steal our children from us. So we're going to put on the helmet of salvation. And then we're going to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we're going to take the shield of faith. And we're going to put on a breastplate of righteousness and a belt of truth. And our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of Christ. And we're clothed now. And we can go it because we put on Christ. He's in us and outside of us. And we can go into the enemy's camp. And we can take back the things that the enemy has stolen from us and from our families and from our church. So join me right now. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for your presence this morning. I thank you, Lord, for my family, for our children and our grandchildren. I thank you for Evangel Temple. And we call their names out to you this morning. And we plead the blood of Jesus over our babies. We plead the blood of Jesus over our children that as they go to school, Lord, that their minds are protected. God, that they continue to remember that God loves them and that you are a true God and there is none other. Protect them from idolatry. Protect them, Lord, from violence in schools. Protect our children in in schools and colleges, Lord, from the onslaught of the enemy that would teach them false doctrines and lift up idols to them. Lord, I pray that you would cover our children with the blood of Jesus. Cover our families with the blood of Jesus. Cover our husbands and our wives with the blood of Jesus as they go out of their houses in the morning that they are protected and they're kept by the power of the blood. Lord, I pray for new believers as they come into this church. Lord, that they will be protected, that they will be kept and sheltered, oh God, and that we would offer them the the milk of the word and that we would be able to teach them, Lord, the meat of the word and draw them to the kingdom. And Lord, that we as a body would protect the brothers and sisters in the church, in the womb, oh God. And we plead your blood over it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to remember this and you can be seated. When we pray, we pray to God. But when we give commands, we give commands to the darkness. Because you've been given spiritual authority. And he has put all things, he put it all under Jesus' feet and Jesus gave us that authority. So you have authority to speak to the darkness and tell it to leave. You have authority to speak to those spirits and tell them to leave. Now I'm skipping the next point for the sake of time, which is uh, Cana of Galilee. We've been taught on that um, twice in the recent months. But once again, you have water 
and a wine, which is the blood of Jesus. I will put a little insert in here. And um, this, the Bible says that you find wine, new wine. I'd have to look at my scripture reference here. You find it in the cluster on the vine. So when you find new wine in the cluster on the vine, that means the grapes are where? Are they fermented? No. When you find new wine on the cluster on the vine, it's not fermented. And granddad, Dad Wiggins, always had a saying, if you find wine Jesus made, you can drink it. Otherwise, drink the new wine from the vine. Grape juice in our day, okay? <laughs> the Last Supper. So we're moving to this, and I'll show you the challah bread, which is what Jesus would have used and was in the temple was the challah bread. At Passover, I, made, I said that this morning that they would have used that, but they would not. They would have used the uh, matzah bread. But the Last Supper, water for washing the disciples' feet, bread and wine, body and blood. At the Last Supper, we find the same elements again, water and wine, as well as the bread. Jesus washed his disciples' feet. How many disciples did Jesus have? There were 12 disciples, and Judas was one of those disciples. So that night, before they celebrated the Passover meal, Jesus washed his disciples' feet, including Judas, teaching us servanthood. Notice that as Jesus washed his feet, there wasn't a passing over of him, but it was a kneeling and serving him. Now, Jesus knew that Judas had betrayed him for the price of a slave. He knew that. Jesus could have told the other disciples what Judas had done. Jesus could have talked about it. Jesus could have passed over him. Jesus, Ju Jesus could have done several things that sometimes we are tempted to do when someone offends us. After the washing, Jesus and the disciples celebrate the Passover meal. So we're going to do that right now. You all have communion. Mark 14, 22. After supper, Jesus said, as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave to them and said, take, eat, this is my body. Break the bread. Remember, this was Jesus' body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, 
This is my blood of the covenant. Covenant is an agreement which is poured out for many. So let's drink the cup. Now thank him for it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the broken body and the shed blood. Thank you, Father, for the body that was broken, for our healing, and for the blood that was shed for our salvation. Thank you. The water that Jesus used represented him who was living water, the word of God, the son of God. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, was continuing to teach the servanthood. The wine represented the blood of Christ, representing redemption. We must learn to plead the blood over the body of Christ and our places of ministry. It was important enough for Jesus to exhibit servanthood the night of his passion. Remember we talked about Judas and how he betrayed Jesus. Have you noticed today that in the attack on our nation and the church that we've decided to embrace offense? I'm not talking outside the church now. I'm talking inside the church. Rather than being like Jesus and being able to wash Judas' feet, we have decided that we are going to embrace offense. God says, I command the blessing where there is unity. Now, that does not mean that we have to agree on everything. We can be different. We can agree to disagree. But since we decided that we're going to take offense within the church, we've decided that where COVID is concerned, we've got to be divided if we take the shot or don't take the shot, if we take medicine or don't take the medicine. We've decided in politics that if you're Republican or Democrat, that we're going to take offense because we've made that a line for salvation. But what Jesus said, that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He didn't put a line here and say, if I took the shot or didn't take the shot, that I lost my salvation. If I was Republican or Democrat, I lost my salvation. I may not agree with you on everything, but that's not a line of salvation. And so we've embraced that in the church rather than seeking the lost, seeking those who don't know Jesus, seeking the healed, the brokenhearted, seeking to help those who are sick, diseased, that have mental disorders. We've decided that it's important to decide whether we can do this or do that, that we don't agree within the church. And so we're focused on that rather than lost souls. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants us to be focused on the things that divide us rather than the things that unite us as Christians, rather than fight the things that we're called to fight, rather than fight against the works of darkness, rather than fight against works of, of, of sin, things that are breaking and destroying people. It's my way or the highway for some Christians. 
We can't be like that. That's not God's way. Mark 7, 26 talks about the Syrophoenician woman. And she begged Jesus to cast a demon out of her daughter. And Jesus said to this woman, he said, it's not right for me to take the bread for the children and give it to the dogs. Now, if she had said, you called me a dog, I'm out of here. But you know what she responded? She said, but master, even the dogs eat the crumbs from under your table. And you know what he said to her? He said, go thy way. The demon has left your daughter. It was a test. See, it's a test. If she had embraced a fence, her daughter would still be demon-possessed. But because she said, you know what? I'm not going to take that. <laughs> I'm going to seek the master because he has the power to deliver my daughter. And I need deliverance. I'm not going to embrace offense. I'm not going to care about this that's on the sideline or that that's on the sideline. But I'm here for the main thing. And that's I need a miracle. And I need Jesus to perform a miracle for me today. So there was no offense embraced. So today... We're going to stand up and we're going to pray and we're going to ask the Lord to bring us into unity. What will happen if we as the church stand together in unity and we plead the blood of Jesus over our city, over our nation, over our churches and believe God to unite us and rebuke these Spirits that have come against the church, that has come against the lost, because ultimately that's what it's for, is to keep the lost from coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, to keep people from having their miracles. So we're going to begin right now, and we're going to plead the blood of Jesus. You're suited up, you've got the armor of God on, and you're ready to go in and do battle. And we're going to pray over our president, President Joe Biden. We're going to pray over Kamala Harris. We're going to pray over Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer. We're going to pray over the Supreme Court and we're going to pray that they will have the mind of God and that they will be surrounded by Christian counselors and that these demonic spirits that have led our nation into darkness, we can't come into unity with spirits that cause abortion and spirits that cause the marriage to be rewritten. We can't come into agreement with that, but we can come into agreement to resist these spirits and to pray for the power of God to move. So let's pray. I want you to pray with me. We've got to be united in this prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus and we pray for our nation. We pray over our president. We pray over President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. We pray, Lord, over the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell, and and all of those who are in authority over us. We pray 
over the Supreme Court for Chief Justice John Roberts. We pray over Elena Kagan. Lord, we pray over um, Stephen Breyer and Sonia Sotomayor. We pray over Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, Neil Gorsh, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Barrett. Lord, as they interpret the laws of our land, that God, you would give godly counsel to them. Lord, we pray that you would shut the mouth of those who are causing them to make ungodless decisions, decisions that are against your law. We bind those spirits in the name of Jesus and we tell them to leave. And in the name of Jesus, we lose spirits of wisdom, of godly wisdom, godly knowledge, so that our nation will be put back on a right track, Lord, because you command the blessing where there is unity. And so we pray, Father, that you would bring these into unity with your word and with your spirit. Father, we pray over our governor, Ron DeSantis. We thank you, Lord, that the state of Florida has got good, godly counsel. We thank you, Lord, for Jacksonville, for our mayor, Lenny Curry, and Sheriff Mike Williams, and for the city council. Father, we pray for revival to sweep across our nation. We pray for revival to sweep from coast to coast, from border to border in every state. Lord, in every government. Lord, in every every church. We pray for a mighty move of your spirit. We pray that the Prince of Peace would walk the streets of Jacksonville. In the name of Jesus, we command spirits of addiction, spirits, Lord, of pornography, spirits of human trafficking. Lord, we command spirits that must leave this city. God, they are not welcome here. Father, we pray that these spirits, in the name of Jesus, we command them to leave right now by the power of Jesus Christ. We plead the blood. We plead the blood over the streets of Jacksonville. And we thank you for a mighty move of your spirit here in Jacksonville. Father, we pray for our church here at Evangel Temple. We pray that this church would be filled with new Christians, with new believers. Father, we pray over the staff here at Evangel Temple. Every pastor. Lord, we pray pray over Pastor Gary. We pray over Pastor Jordan and Marie. We pray, Lord, over Pastor uh, Jen and Ryan. We pray over Dusty and Brittany, Pastor Keith and Cheryl, Pastor Randy and Kay, Pastor Ralph and Beth, Pastor Larry, Pastor Eddie and Lisa, Pastor Rick and Joanne, Pastor Sean and Abby, Pastor Mark and Jen. We pray that you would empower them with the power of the Holy Spirit to move in these departments, oh God, throughout the, the, the community of this church. Father, that we would see a mighty move of God's souls saved, lives changed. Father, that we would see people healed, people restored, families restored, marriages restored, God. We look to you and thank you for it. And Lord, we reject, we reject and we curse the spirit of offense in Jesus' name. And we speak and thank you for a spirit of unity. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. The cross. Now I want you to know something, and this is kind of, I didn't say this uh, Saturday or this morning at 8.15. But the cross 
um, in Bible days, many people were crucified on a cross. The cross was used to crucify thieves. It was a means of torture. So the cross is made special because of the blood. The cross is made special. We're going to pray right now. Let's plead the blood over this. Lord, we plead the blood over this situation. Lord, you know. And so, Lord, we lift up one of our family that is being taken out right now. And we thank you, Lord, for healing, for restoration. Correct whatever disorder. The spirit of infirmity must go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. When you think about her today or him, I don't know if it was a man, but pray over them today. That's our place as the body. But the cross, it's not the wood. It's not the cross, although it's special to us. But it was the blood. It was the water and the blood from the heart of Jesus. And the worship team, um, if they'll come. John 19, 35. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But it fulfilled prophecy that not one of his bones would be broken. Jesus was the Passover lamb. Numbers 9, 12. They shall leave none of it until morning, nor break a bone of it, according to all the statue of the Passover. They shall observe it. But John says, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe Revelation 12, 11, and they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So we go back, 1 John 5, 6, and 8. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. There are three who testify in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and the three are one. And there are three that testify on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are toward the one. Now, some commentaries say there's no significance to blood and water coming from Jesus' side at his crucifixion. But as John stood beside Jesus when he was being crucified, he specifically said blood and water came from his side when they pierced his side with a spear. Blood and water at every significant event in Jesus' ministry and life. Born in a crib, I mean a uh, stable, blood and water. Cana of Galilee, blood, the wine represented the blood and water. The Last Supper, blood and water. On the cross, 
blood and water. And if you think about the garden, he sweat great drops of blood. So once again, blood and water. Revelations, there's blood and water again when the child is birthed. Every word of God is true and important. Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Jesus is living water. Water is for imparting life. Jesus, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of time, shed his blood, and it was perfect. It was perfect blood, and it was a perfect sacrifice. The water representing Jesus once again, when he spoke to the Samaritan woman, John 4, 14, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water, and it will give him eternal life. The same John who witnessed the Samaritan woman witnessed at the cross the blood and water. And so some commentaries say it's because of the physical abuse Jesus went through. And Jesus did go through a terrible physical abuse in a short amount of time. But Jesus was a strong man. He was a carpenter's son. So he was strong and he was physically fit. He walked everywhere he went, whether it was mountains or deserts, wherever he went, Jesus walked. So it would have taken a while for them to kill him. He was tortured. He was abused. And the thought is that he might've had a heart attack, which would account for blood and water. Jesus said, no man takes my life from me. I give it freely. This is the part of the price he paid for our salvation. The water representing life. The blood representing redemption. So we're going to appropriate the blood right now. We're going to pray for unsaved family and friends. We're going to plead the blood of Jesus. And that's what this message is about, is teaching you how to plead the blood of Jesus because we've forgotten how. It's not taught much anymore. But we're going to teach it right now. And we're going to do it together so that when you leave here, you're going to be able to go in power and might and know how to plead the blood of Jesus. So I want you to stand because we're going to do that right now. You're going to call out your unsaved family. You're going to call out your unsaved friends. And you're going to plead the blood of Jesus over them. And you're going to pray for them to receive Christ as their personal Savior. I don't know all your family members, but you know them. And that is your place and responsibility right now to begin to call them out. Lord, right now, we come into agreement as a church family and we call in the lost. We call in our family members, Lord, that don't know you. Lord, wherever they are this morning, if they're laying in bed, Lord, I pray that right now you'll wake them up. Disturb them, Lord. Make them uncomfortable wherever they are. Uh, No matter what they're doing, Lord, disturb them right now. Oh God, I I pray that there would be an emptiness in their spirit. I pray, Father, that they would feel a hunger that they've not felt before and that they would begin to feel a need and a hunger to know Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would speak to them. And Jesus, in your precious name, we speak 
to these spirits that have distracted our children, that have distracted our friends, our neighbors, that are keeping them away from the house of God, that are keeping them out of the Word. We speak to it in the name of Jesus. You foul spirits, you must leave. Let them go. Free them right now by the power of Jesus Christ. The Lord rebuke you, you foul spirits that would take our children, our family, our friends to hell. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, you must go by the power and authority that the Lord has placed in us. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Free our families, free our loved ones, free our friends, our neighbors, God, our co-workers that we work with. Free them, allow them to come and to receive, to be drawn by the power of the Holy Spirit, to be drawn to Christ in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Now this morning, you may be in this service and you may not know Jesus. You know, Jesus didn't make it hard to receive Him. He did all the work. He made it easy. He made it very simple. And we go through these long prayers that people think they have to pray to receive Jesus. But I teach third graders, and it's as easy as A, B, C. A, admit that I am a sinner. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. B, believe Jesus is the Son of God. If you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. If we confess our sins, then He is faithful and just to forgive our our sins. That's all we have to do. So if you don't know Jesus right now, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. And if you mean it, then you are saved. And we're going to all say it together. We're going to just repeat this simple prayer to know Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on a cross for my sin. I admit that I am a sinner. I believe you are the Son of God. I confess my sins to you. And I confess you as my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my heart and living. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now that wasn't hard. It wasn't hard. And if you have never asked Jesus into your heart, you've just become a Christian. You've just received Christ as your personal Savior. And I want you to text the number that they're going to put on the screen. New for Jesus. Now we're not finished yet. We're going to finish this. We are going to plead the blood of Jesus and speak to disease and sickness. And we're going to command it to leave. It is subject to the blood of Jesus. We're going to speak to cancer and rebuke it. We're going to command it to leave. We're going to speak to heart disease, tell it to leave. We're going to speak to lung disease, tell it to leave. People who are lame, we're going to speak to it and tell it to leave. It has to go. 
I don't know what your physical problem is or your family's physical problem, but you can command that to leave. We're going to speak to COVID and tell it to leave. I'm tired of saints dying. I'm tired of saints leaving this earth too soon and going to heaven because there's been division. We're going to come into agreement and we're going to speak to it and tell it to leave and command it to leave. And then we're going to make some declarations. So right now, join me in speaking to disease and sickness and commanding it to leave. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus and we take the authority that you have given to us. The Lord rebuke you, cancer. You have no right. You have no place. You must go. The spirit of infirmity, you must go. We speak to you now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speak to the spirit of heart disease and clogged arteries. We speak to it and tell it to leave and command it to leave. We speak to lungs that are diseased and have problems, Lord. We speak to it and we command it to leave in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speak to backs that are bowed and bent. We speak to them and we command them to straighten in the name of Jesus. We speak to blind eyes and we command them to open in the name of Jesus. We speak to deaf ears in the name of Jesus and we command them to be open. Lord, we speak to every infirmity that has attached itself to man. It is not from you. Lord, we know that Satan is the one who gives sickness and disease. We know that Satan is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And you have given us authority over him and he must go by the power of Jesus Christ. You must leave in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We plead the blood. We plead the blood. Satan must go at the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. rebuke the spirit of death. The Lord rebuke the spirit of death in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now we're going to make some declarations right now. And you may say, well, I don't feel it. But the Bible says to call those things that are not as though they are. So that's his word. So you're going to say, now I call my body well. That's strong, y'all. I call my body well. I am healthy. I am strong. I have a sound mind. I am healed. Hallelujah. 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 And when the devil tells you something different, you tell him to talk to Jesus about the blood. You talk to Jesus about the blood. Hallelujah. We must have the blood. We must return to pleading the blood over our families and our needs. The demonic spirits you stand against are stubborn. They don't go easy, but we are children bought with a price and we are more stubborn. We have the winning weapon. We have the blood of Jesus. We have it at His birth. We have it at Cana of Galilee. We have it at the Last Supper. We have it on the cross. He showed us the importance.
importance of the blood. He equipped us with the blood. Hebrews 9, 19 says, For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop, and he sprinkled the book, that's the Word of God, and all the people with the blood. Heaven gave the pattern. Jesus fulfilled the pattern. He was the Word of God. The book that Moses held was the Word. Jesus' own body was sprinkled with the Word of God. Exodus 12, 23, when I see the blood, I will pass over you and not allow the destroyer to attack you. When they arrested Jesus the night of his passion in the garden, they took him to Caiaphas' house. And what most people don't know, that in Caiaphas' house, the high priest's house, this is the religious, there was a dungeon. And in that dungeon is where they tortured their prisoners. In Caiaphas' house, Jesus was tortured. They take you to a place under his house where Jesus is strung up by his arms and he's tortured. There's a trough for blood to run and you see it. Then after they had tortured him, they threw him in a pit and we go down into that pit where he was. They brought Jesus up out of that pit and they took him to Pilate blood was sprinkled and splattered all the way. When they took him to Pilate, he sentenced him to death two times. Scourging, because scourging killed most prisoners. And they sentenced him to death on the cross. They took him and they beat him unmercifully. And every stripe, the blood splattered. It sprinkled. It went everywhere. When they took him, from the beating up the Via Dolorosa that we walk. You can't help but think about the blood that's being splattered and sprinkled as you walk that path. All the way to the cross where they took and they nailed his arms, his hands to the tree. And with every pound, the blood splattered and sprinkled. When they put the, the nail in his feet, they nailed the blood splattered. When they put the crown of thorns on his head, the blood splattered. It ran down the cross. It puddled around the cross. How do we forget to plead the blood? How do we forget the whole way is lined with the blood all the way to the cross, to the blood. And the enemy wants us to forget that it was precious blood. It was eternal blood. And we must not forget to teach our children. We must not forget to teach our families about the importance of the blood. That it is victorious blood. It is eternal blood. It is life-giving blood. And we must be obedient to the Word of God. And if we're not rebellious, if we will plead the blood and walk in His laws and His ordinances, that blood will work for us. Revelation 12, 11, they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Jesus' blood cries mercy. It's on the mercy seat in heaven where He sprinkled the blood. He cries mercy for you and for me if we will only go to the mercy seat. Hallelujah. Jennifer, lead us in worship. Hallelujah.
spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his son saying, thus you shall bless the people of God. You shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of God and I will bless them. Father, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the mercy through the power of the blood. And Father, we appropriate that over your people this morning. God, that we are overcomers today because of what Christ did 2,000 years ago. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Don't miss tonight with Pastor James. God bless you.